Hi guys, welcome to another episode of When the Scriptures Become Real. Get a podcast where we learn, where we study, where we grow, uh, where we try to become the best versions of ourselves as we can as we continue to serve our Lord. Again, we have two special guests on the podcast today, and I'll let them introduce themselves to you in just a moment. Um, but again, if you like to follow the podcast, we're on YouTube. Just look at When the Scriptures Become Real, subscribe there. Uh, you can also leave me a message or a comment there. Also, we are on uh, Spotify and all major uh, platforms there, uh, audio platforms, and also on iTunes as well. So just look up when the scriptures become real. And also the same for uh, Facebook and Instagram. Uh, on Facebook, just look up my name, Jordan Pugh. You can find it there. And on Instagram, you can just look up Jordan underscore Anthony underscore Pugh, and you'll find uh, the podcast there as well. Again, we have two special guests today. So I'm going to start with Caleb. Let him introduce himself to you guys, a familiar face, and then we'll go up to Lima. Hey, everybody. Um, again, my name is Caleb Rutherford. I appreciate Jordan for having me on the podcast. I think most of you listeners know who I am, so I won't say much, but um, I am the Associate Minister at the East Hill Church of Christ here in Pulaski, Tennessee. Um, I am the host of the Transform Podcast. Just like Jordan, we are all on, we're on all major platforms, um, so you can find our podcast there. If you enjoy listening to his, you might enjoy listening to mine, so I appreciate it if you check it out. Um, and I'm grateful for the opportunity to, to be on the podcast today with, uh, with Jordan and Lima. And Lima. Aloha, everyone. Uh, my name is Lima. I'm a minister here at the Honolulu Church of Christ in the island of Oahu, uh, Hawaii. Uh, I do a Tuesday segment for Aloha Bible Readers local time. Uh, you can find us on Facebook. Uh, and I'm um, just really happy to be on this set with, with my two brothers here. Yeah, it's so been a while. I, I know I've had Caleb on for a while and then i had lima on before too but that's been a while lima it's been a couple months so actually it's been almost a year i think 2020 so, man. <laughs> <laughs> 2020 needs to be a little better so i'll put i'll put lima and caleb on right so we're, <laughs> we're glad we have these guys on the podcast with us today and so the topic of what we want to talk about today guys is um what happens when when brethren fight Right. What happens when brethren fight? Now, obviously, we just mentioned how 2020 has been. It's been kind of a, a very weird year. And we kind of want to make that application uh, for the church as well. Sometimes there are certain periods where you're at a congregation, whether you're, you know, possibly maybe at a school, whatever it is, there's always that certain time where people have been kind of together for too long or something happens and then a fight breaks out or a disagreement breaks out or a matter of opinion breaks out. And so what happens when that happens in the church? Obviously we know what happens on the outside. You know, we know that there's chaos, but obviously when brethren fight, what should we be doing? And so what we want to talk about is kind of three major points that will kind of bounce uh, off uh, Caleb and Lima here. And so the first point is when emotions rule, with brethren and when emotions rule in general there will always be division right there's always going to be division and so the lord has made us emotional beings right so we can be angry right we can have fear we can we can show love agape love phileo love all those types of loves right we can show compassion but we can also have wrath right all these things are within us and god has some of these things as well and so he gave us those emotions, but he also expects us to control them as he controls them. And so 
I'm, I think of, uh, you know, guys, Proverbs 16.32, right? He that is slow to anger is better than the mighty. He that rules his spirit is better than he that takes over a city, right? I think about Proverbs 25.28. He that has no rule over his spirit is like a city that's broken down without walls. And then Proverbs 29.11, a fool utters all his mind, but a wise man keeps it in till afterwards. And so there's certain things that we talk about emotions, but when emotions rule, there will always be division. So I'm going to start with Lima here. What do you have here when it talks about when emotions rule, there will always be division among brethren? Well, uh, first thing that comes to my mind is the church in Corinth. Yeah. Uh, when we go to 1 Corinthians 1, uh, verse 10, there's a plea there for unity, right? Paul says to them, now I plead with you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing, that there be no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind, in the same judgment. Uh, talk about uh, having the wrong emotions take over you, because uh, because that's what's happening here in this church. Uh, there's anger, there's jealousy, there's envy. Now, those are the types of uh, emotions that lead to arguments, that lead to war, that lead to divisions. And yep. that's what happened to this congregation uh, of God's people. And I think about what Paul said in chapter 3, uh, verse 1 through 3. Uh, we cease to become uh, spiritual, <laughs> if yeah, you will, oh, when, when, we stay, when we stay divided or when we are divided. Uh, Paul says to them, and I, brethren, uh, could not speak to you as to spiritual people, but as to carnal, as to babes. It's like a sitback, if you will. Mm. Um, and then he says, I fed you with milk and not with uh, solid food. For until now you were not able to receive it, and even now you are still not able. And then mm. verse 3 says, for you are still carnal. For where there are, here's are those... Uh, uh, here are the uh, negative emotions, if you will, envy, strife, uh, and that leads to divisions among you. And Paul asks the question, are you not carnal and behaving like mere men? You know, the answer, yes. When there's division, there's wars among brethren. Uh, we're thinking like the world. Mm. Uh, we, we're setting, we're going back to the old man, if you will, uh, and, and not... Um, continuing spiritually to grow spiritually as Peter would have us in second Peter three, verse 18, grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Um, yeah, man. Ooh, like, man, that's good. <laughs> Cause you talked about <laughs> when you go to, to first Corinthians three, what you mentioned where he said, I can't speak to you spiritually, but I have to speak to you this way. I have to speak to you as carnal. So again, like you mentioned, he said, look, your emotions are all over the place. You can't be a spiritual person if you're led by emotions. You know, and I, my parents always told me this. They said, always choose faith over your feelings because feelings are never 100%. Well, I feel this is the right thing, but is that what the faith tells me to do? Well, this is what everyone else tells me to feel, but is that what you see, we can't rely on our feelings, right? And that was a good point you brought out there. Uh, Caleb, what do you think about when you talk about emotions rule, uh, there will always be divisions among brethren? Yeah, you know, I think about 
um, whenever perhaps a congregation is having to go through some type of transition, um, maybe a, a new preacher is coming in or maybe a preacher has just been fired. Or you think about um, an eldership, maybe an eldership is being, is just being put in place or an eldership is just being taken out of place. Um, maybe an elder has lost a wife and they're trying to figure out what they need to do or, or mm-hmm. deacons or anything like that. Anytime a congregation goes through any major transition, emotions are always running high. Emotions are, everybody has this, this way they think things ought to be in their mind. And when emotions run high, a lot of times it clouds your judgment, it clouds your thinking to where you don't make the right decision. Um, and obviously, like I think we've mentioned this before already, emotions are not bad. Obviously, they're God-given, they're God-created. We have emotions because God gave them to us. Um, and I would even, I would like to say that God has emotion in the sense that he loves us and yep. you know, wants what's best for us in that sense. Um, but they can be bad when they're used in the wrong way. And I think, um, I think about Job, I go back to the book of Job and I think about, um, Job's wife and how, you know, obviously emotions are running very high for them because, um, you know, she had, she suffered just as much as Job did. I think people, people forget that, but she suffered just as much as, as he did. She lost her children as well. She lost all of her possessions. She lost a husband to, she, she lost in the sense that he, he was not a healthy person anymore. He couldn't necessarily take care of them anymore. And so she lost that as well. And so in chapter two and verse nine, we know that she says, she tells Job to curse God and die, but that's what happens when you allow your emotions take over you. Um, and when you allow them to cloud your judgment, she wasn't thinking clearly because of all these things that have been happening. And because of that, because her emotions were high, she ended up saying something that she shouldn't have, which was Job, you know, used to holding fast to your integrity, curse God and die. And so emotions are not bad. Um, but when they run high, they can be, that's when they become very dangerous and very difficult to handle. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think what, what you brought up in first Corinthians chapter three, it's like, it's like they weren't, it's like the brethren there weren't growing at all. Yeah. It's like they had, Paul had given them these things. He said, here, this is what you need to do. But then um, he says, I fed you with milk, not with solid food. You weren't able to receive it. But then he says, even now you're still not able. You, you, st- you haven't grown at this point. And so when we look at Christians, it should be something that we continually work on. You know, as, as I think as humans, um, you know, you're not going to get rid of your emotions. They're always going to be, they're always going to be there, but it's something that we can work on um, handling and controlling as we grow as Christians. And that's what the brethren of Corinth were not doing. And that's an example for us of how not to act, of how emotions are high. A lot of times bad decisions and bad things are happen and are said. And, and those are things that we need to be careful of when those kinds of, when our emotions are high and running like that. Yeah, man. That's, and I wanted to bring up a practical example from what both of you guys talked about. Think about Cain and Abel, right? And again, if you guys have your Bibles open up with us, we want you guys to, to see what the Bible says you know, it's not my opinion or Lima's or, or Caleb's. We want you guys to open up the Bible with us here. So in, in Genesis chapter four, we have an example. And if you guys have noticed, you know, when it when you talk about all the fights, obviously you have first Corinthians with it's an entire congregation, right? Dealing with this. But most of the fights that happen, especially in the Old Testament, it's always between family. Have you guys noticed that? It's always between family. And even in Luke 15. It's always between the older brother, the younger brother. It's always in-house first. And so Cain and Abel was first. And notice this. Uh, I was talking to Caleb about this yesterday. And Lima, uh, you know, I wanted to bring this up. But, you know, if you look at uh, Genesis 4, 7. Now, remember, Cain offered the wrong sacrifice, and God didn't have respect to it. Abel offered the correct one. God had respect unto Abel's sacrifice. And so then, in verse 7, uh, God says, if thou doest well, shalt thou not be accepted? 
And if thou doest not well, sin lies at the door. And unto thee shall be his desire, and thou shalt rule over him. Now, Lima, this is how I heard that verse in verse 7 before, right? So just flow with me, Lima. All right, flow with me. All right, so verse 7, when it talks about sin lies at the door, remember we talked about those, those emotions like wrath, like envy, like hate, right? And so whenever I heard that verse, it always was explained to me that because Cain offered the wrong sacrifice, envy, wrath, all that stuff was right there lying at the door. And so the ne- therefore, the next verse, verse 8, what did Cain end up doing? Right, end up killing his brother. But if you look at verse 7, notice what this, this means here. The word sin there is the, uh, is the Hebrew word hataha, which means sin offering. And so notice what God, God is giving him mercy here. God is saying, if thou doest well, aren't you going to be accepted too? So if Lima offered the right sacrifice and I didn't, God said, look, if you just offer this, won't I accept you just like Lima? Of course. But watch this. If you do not will, which Cain didn't do, then sin or a offering lies at the door. That word lies there in the Hebrew is the word revats, meaning quartered. And so God is essentially telling Cain, if you want to be like, and I'm going to use you, Lima, if you want to be like Lima, there's an offering quartered and ready to be sacrificed right there for you at the door. But if you don't do it, then you won't be accepted. And so think about the arrogance of Cain. I'm not going to listen to you, God. I'm trusting my feelings rather than what you said. And therefore, in verse 8, now what do I do to my brother? Because of my feelings that I can't control, then I kill him. So let's make some application for us. Doesn't John say if any man hate his brother, what is he? He's a murderer. So if I hate Lima because Lima disagrees with me, and if I hate Caleb because he disagrees with me over, over scruple reasons, what am I becoming? I do exactly the same thing Cain did. And so this is the thing about brethren. When emotions rule, the, the thing about that is we, we end up verbally murdering one another. How did, how did God take that to Cain? He cursed Cain. And so if I hate Lima for my own personal reasons, what does God think about me? You see, we got to think about how God would view these things. And so why do brethren fight? I think simply, and I'll pass it to you guys, simply because I think pride rules us more than humility does. Cain got to the point, guys, where he was like, I'm not wrong. God, you told me I'm wrong, but I feel like I'm not wrong. And so therefore, I'm not going to change. That's pride. And so if I have a disagreement with Lima and I know that Lima's right, but I don't want to admit that Lima's right, I'm not going to admit it. And so pride always goes over what, you know, the scripture talks about that pride comes before the fall. And so you guys have anything else before we uh, go on to the next one here? I mean, you brought up the, uh, um, the example of, of Cain and Abel. Uh, That's exactly the example that, that John used, uh, (laughs) When he talked about loving your brother, uh, how can we say mm. we love God? Yeah. Uh, whom we have not seen, who, who we cannot see with our naked eye, and yet hate our brother who's here with we us. We can see. Right. So, so, um, that's the definition of hypocrisy. And yes, uh, 
rooted in pride. That's good. We just, we just want to, it's so easy to defend oneself and, you know, uh, uh, we have this sense of, I have a right to, you know, <laughs> to do so and so. So, so absolutely pride is, is, is at the root of it. Kale, do you have anything? No, I think everything, not everything, but I think most things stem from, from a prideful mindset, a prideful attitude. Like you brought up Proverbs 16 verse 18, pride goes before destruction and the haughty spirit before a fall. Pride will ultimately be the downfall of man, Yeah, it, you know, and, and it has, Time and time again throughout history, even throughout even throughout the Bible, you can see pride had a part to play in every single downfall of whoever it was, because it was either they thought that they were greater than uh, greater than they really were. I mean, you look at Nebuchadnezzar. I mean, talk about a prideful man who who eventually gets brought to the lowest of lows, where he's crawling on his hands and he's eating grass. You know, so <laughs> I mean, pride pride is what stems all these things stem from pride and even emotions. You know, when you think that you're you're something you know, high and mighty and greater than you really are, your, your emotions are going to be right there to back you up. You know, you right. yourself think that you're so much greater. Um, and when people start attacking that, what, what happens to your emotions? They start spiking saying, I've got to dig in and I've got to defend myself. Yeah. And then, you know, things just, things just go from there. And so, yeah, I think, I think pride is the, one of the biggest, biggest things that, uh, that help emotions go up. And here's another, and here's a quick note that I want to give a quick note and a reminder to the listeners too. When we talk about disagreements between brethren, I think sometimes, guys, we focus so much on, like you mentioned, Caleb, defending ourselves and saying, well, I'm right, and here's my reasons of why I'm right. And so here's one thing. Here's a quick note. Whenever there's a disagreement between two parties, always remember it always takes two to tango. It always takes two. So if Caleb is right about a certain situation that we're fighting against or that we're fighting about and Caleb's right, maybe his reaction to me is wrong. So does Caleb have a part in the disagreement? For sure. But if I'm, if I'm wrong, which obviously I am in that situation, and then I go at Caleb, then I'm wrong too. You see, so it's not just my fault. It's not just, see, it's both of us. Both of us have to be humble enough to say, all right, I, you know, I'm sorry, or, or whatever, or whatever it takes in that certain situation. And so most times it's not one side's fault. And so to say, well, I'm, I'm not going to say anything until Caleb says something. Well, let me just go to Caleb and let me, let me, uh, you know, apologize first. Right. You see, that's the, the humility to say, I value my relationship with Caleb so much that even if, uh, even if I'm right, I'm going to go to Caleb and say, Hey, look, I see it from your position because I value the relationship more than the problem. But so many times we value, okay, I want you to see that I'm right first. And then that's when you have congregations and people split off and don't talk to each other for about 30 years because of one thing and one disagreement that happened. Right. And so don't get caught in telling someone, well, this is the reason why I messed up rather than just come to look. All right. This is, I'm sorry. Why do we feel like we always have to explain ourselves? Well, Lima, I lied to you because <laughs> no, I just come to you and say, look, Lima, I'm sorry I lied to you, brother. That's yeah. it. And just, and just handle it from there instead of trying to explain, well, this is the reason why I did what, what I did. You see, just simple steps like this, I think, can help us in the long run once we talk about helping and healing those relationships between uh, brethren. Yeah, you guys yeah, have anything else yeah. before we keep going? There's yeah, definitely... Don't, don't ruin, 
Oh, sorry. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, don't ruin a, a, the apology with your explanation. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> exactly right. Yeah, there's definitely a wrong way to be right. Um, exactly. you, you can go about it in the, you can be 100% absolute right and still go about it. And still be wrong. Which then really kind of disregards what you're saying um, because of the way you're saying it and the way you're bringing it about. And you can, you can completely destroy and ruin relationships that way. You know, you think about someone who's trying to have a Bible study. If you do it in the most hostile of ways, even though you're right, you'll burn that bridge and more than likely they will never, uh, or they'll have a much harder time trying to find the truth because of the example that you've laid out for them. Hey, I'm a Christian and this is how I act. Yeah. Uh, so there's, there's certainly a right way and a wrong way to be right. Um, and obviously we need to be on that right side. That's, and I, I heard a, uh, an older uh, preacher tell me this. He said, when there's disagreements, you have to be able to see it from the other person's perspective. And so he used this example before he said, uh, a guys, and I've said this before on my podcast way before, but, a, a guy's uh, fish store opened at 8 a.m. He goes out at 5 a.m. and goes to, uh, you know, catch fresh fish every morning. So he catches fresh fish, place opens at 8. All right, so he does his normal routine. Then a woman walks in the store exactly when it opens at 8. And so how he sets out the fish is he gets, a, uh, you know, ice. Then he puts a brown paper bag over the ice, and then he puts the fish, and then he puts a sign that says fresh fish on it. All right, cool. So the lady walks in and she looks at the fish that he just caught two hours ago and says, uh, well, that doesn't look fresh to me. Well, he said, well, wait a second. I was just out here three hours ago and I just caught this fresh. And she argues that, well, no, it doesn't look fresh. So who's right? He's right because he obviously went out. But also, could he have presented it better instead of just putting it on a brown paper bag? So in a sense, she was right as well. But what did they sit there arguing about for an hour? Is it fresh or not? You see, there's certain situations where we always explain, well, this is my side. and This is why I'm right. Well, this is my side. This is why I'm right. And said, well, let me see from your perspective. See it from my perspective. And that's why, like you mentioned, Lima, that's why in, in Peter, he always mentions with your brethren, be pitiful. I might not get why Lima feels that way, but I'll be pitiful because I, I appreciate Lima. I don't get why he reacted that way. Well, I'll be pitiful. See, it takes effort. Like you mentioned before, Caleb, it takes effort to care about your brethren. Right. And I think that's why so many fights happen because we're not willing to to put in the effort to fix it. We just let it go. Well, let's, let's try to fix it. And then let's see what we can go from there. Right. All right. So the next one here, you know, we just looked at uh, when emotions rule, there will always be division, but then number two, then here's kind of the progression from that. So if the problem doesn't get solved, then this is automatically going to happen. Number two, brethren will become enemies, right? So I'm going to start with you, Caleb. What do you have there when you start with brethren will become enemies there? I think that it doesn't doesn't matter who you are. There will always be times in life where um, you are disagreeing with somebody else. And whether it be, you know, in your family, your friends, um, in the church, Um, but what matters is how you move on from that. Um, right. As in the end, like you have here, sometimes you become enemies with somebody, um, whether it be sometimes it's not by your choice, sometimes it is by your choice, but there will be times, um, especially in the church where something happens and there's a disagreement that happens and churches split, elderships break up, congregations 
you know, split and go off in other places. We need to be very, very careful um, that we aren't the cause of something like that. Yeah. We need to make sure that we are not the root problem of a congregation being split up or an eldership dissolving simply because we aren't willing to, you know, to take in, like we're talking about the humble road and, and swallow our pride and be like, you know, what, it's fine. You know, you can have, I don't, I don't care. Um, because so often when we don't do that, this is when you become enemies with, with, with other brothers and sisters, when you're not willing to back down when you're not willing to swallow your pride and say, Hey, it's okay. You do what you want to do and I'll follow your lead, you know? Yeah. And I think just as humans, we, we don't want to do that. It's, you know, maybe it's not in our nature to do that, but it needs to be something that we're conscious about. Um, so that we will not become enemies with, 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 uh, with our brothers and sisters. But sometimes that happens and you see that in the church all the time, but it's something we need to be very, very careful of. Yeah. And then Lima, what do you have here? I, we kind of touched on it um, prior to this, but in first Corinthians six, um, Paul, you know, addressing something that was happening uh, within the church there in Corinth uh, they were taking their own brethren to court, uh, to the heathen court. And in verse 7, Paul says this, Now, therefore, is it, all, uh, it is already an utter uh, failure for you that you go to the law against one another. And then he asks these questions. Why do you not rather accept wrong? <laughs> he says, why do you not rather let yourselves be cheated in other words he's saying why don't you go the low way right why don't you just say you know what i'm just gonna stop even though i might be right even though i might be the innocent party if you will for the sake of peace Mm. right um we're to strive for the uh, unity and the bond uh, unity of the spirit and the bond of peace for the sake of peace i'm just gonna suffer and endure this wrong and 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 when there are no people that are able to do that, <laughs> then, then yes, the, the problem will continue uh, to perpetuate. Uh, we go from uh, the emotion to now we're not talking with each other. And that's part of the problem. We don't talk about it. We don't discuss it. Yeah. Um, uh, we're talking at each other, but not with each other uh, yeah. to understand and and. and and so we, we continue to, to, to become enemies, if you will. And another thing that came to my mind, another text was James chapter four. In James chapter four, um, James says, where do wars and fights come from among you? Do they not come from your desires for pleasure that war in your members? You lust and do not have, you murder and covet and cannot obtain. You fight in war and yet you do not have because you do not ask. You ask and you do not receive because you ask amiss that you may spend it on your pleasure. Um, one of the things that, that, that we should be doing, right? If I, if I have made an enemy of another Christian, uh, I need to pray about it. Yeah. Right? I need to pray about it. Um, and then I need to approach this person. But, but prior to that, I also need to see what's happening within myself? Why is it that this is a problem? Mm-hmm. Right. What's my reason for approaching this person? And, and maybe there's nothing at all there <laughs> that would cause us to be enemies, but, uh, but what is it that I'm holding on to inside 
that I'm not willing to address within myself, but now I'm going to take it out on so and so. So oftentimes when we have problem with other people, it's because we, there's a problem within us that we're not willing to accept and we're not willing to move on from. So Ooh. I, I hate when that happens. I yeah, hate, I, I, didn't say yeah, that. I hate when that happens. Um, the psalmist tells us, you know, behold how good, how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. One last thing that came to my mind about this part, brethren will become enemies, is what Jesus said in Matthew 5. Uh, Matthew 5, beginning in verse 21, Jesus said, You heard that it was said, Those of old you shall not murder, and whoever murders will be in danger of the judgment. But I say to you, whoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of the judgment. And whoever shall say to his brother, Raka, shall be in danger of the council. But whoever says, You fool, shall be in danger of hell. Therefore, and here is the problem that Oftentimes, we don't address. Uh, Verse 23, Jesus says, Therefore, if you bring your gift to the altar and remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there at the altar and go your way. First be reconciled to your brother and then come and offer your gift. Uh, Oftentimes, when when there's, you know, anger, strive, our relationship with other Christians are, are not in harmony, if you will. There's hatred. Uh, we oftentimes just sweep that under the rug and go to worship. And, and Jesus is saying, no, yeah. worship's not your priority if there's something wrong mm-hmm. in the relationship. Uh, so, yeah, when it, again, it, it always comes back to pride. Like, yeah, we have to check ourselves, um, see what are our reasons, um, why, what will be the outcome if we choose a certain uh, action in addressing, you know, these matters. Yeah, and, and when you guys talk about, um, you know, especially that example that you brought up about the brethren bringing each other to court, and then Paul's like, well, look, why don't you just and essentially kind of just take one on the chin and just because you love your brother, you know, just do it because of the love for your brethren. Now I want to make one thing clear when we talk about things like this is when it deals with doctrine, right? When it deals with the scripture, when it deals with faith, I'm not going to back down. Right. So if there's a problem with, okay, this is how this brother's acting in terms of, um, you know, you know, whatever it is, if it's against scripture, if it's if it's going against uh, what the Bible says and, and the doctrine and trying to bring it into the camp, we're not going to stand for that. So there's no, all right, I'll just take it. No, it's either you follow what the Bible says or there's there's discipline for this. So I'm not going to sit here and coddle you when it deals with that. But we're talking about, and that example that you brought up with Paul, that's personal. So you're taking you're taking me to court for a personal reason. You're taking me to court because you're offended. You're taking me to court. So when we're talking about personal stuff, scruples, opinions, all that stuff, then that's the part where we need to take the more mature spiritual route when it comes to, okay, I see that. And like you said, Caleb, okay, I might be right, but because I care for Caleb, okay, here you go, right? I'll take your, I'll follow your lead on personal stuff. When it comes to doctrine, especially us being ministers, that's something that we can't, 
you know, we got to stand on this, right, when it comes to doctrine. But one thing that, um, that I thought of was, uh, was another practical example of Jacob and Esau, right, talking about when brethren become enemies. Now, obviously, you have Jacob sold his birthright uh, or, or Esau sold his birthright to Jacob, and then Jacob tricked him twice, right? And so I have four kind of sub-reasons of why these brethren became enemies. So let's go to, go to Genesis chapter um, 25 real quick. And if you're following along, open up your tablets, Bibles, whatever it is, and follow along with us here. Genesis chapter 25, and I want to notice uh, verses 28 through, actually 29 through 34. So it says, And Jacob sawed pottage, and Esau came from the field, and he was faint. And Esau said to Jacob, Feed me, I pray thee, with the same red pottage, for I am faint. Therefore was his name called Edom. And Jacob said, Sell me this day thy birthright. And Esau said, Behold, I am at the point to die. And what profit shall this birthright do to me? And Jacob said, Swear to me this day. And he swore unto him, and he sold his birthright unto Jacob. And then Jacob gave Esau bread and pottage of lentils, and he did eat and drink and rose up and went his way. Thus Esau despised his birthright. So the first reason I believe that these brethren became enemies was because of verse 29. Instead of helping your brothers when they're faint, we make demands. What did he say? Look at, look at verse 29. Jacob sawed pottage, and he saw that Esau was tired. Esau came from the field, and what does the text say? He was faint, right? He was tired. And so instead of giving him food because he's your brother, well, I'll give you food. And then what's the next two-letter word? If. If you do this for me. Well, why, why does that relationship, why does it have to be an if? Instead of doing that, I'm going to give you the food because you're my brother. Why does it have, why do I have to gain from it? And so one reason, instead of helping our brothers when they're tired and we can make a spiritual application when they're in sin, when they're doing things that maybe we've never done before, instead of saying, well, I'll help you, but you got to do this first, just help them. It's, it's, it's not that hard, right? We make demands. Uh, then number two, uh, we become self-centered on getting what we want by any means necessary. And so notice before in verse uh, 28, Isaac loved Esau because he ate of his venison, but Rebekah loved Jacob. And so Rebekah had some needs and who did she want those needs fulfilled by? <laughs> Jacob. So you do whatever I tell you to do. And so we become self-centered on getting what we want, right? So pride comes before the fall. And then number three, we listen to the wrong influences. If you go to Genesis 27, guys, uh, Genesis 27, 13, remember we talked about Rebecca just before. And his mother said upon him, verse 13, be, uh, upon me be thy curse, my son, only obey my voice and go fetch me with them. And so before the trick happened, Jacob knew it was wrong. Because in verse 11 and 12, Jacob said, look, my father, I'm a smooth man, right? My father knows I'm smooth. But then Rebecca said, no, you listen to me. And so we listen to the wrong influences. So if I have a problem with Lima and then I go to Caleb, look, man, uh, you know, I don't know what's going on with Lima. I tried to talk to Lima. Lima threw his coffee cup at my head. Like, I don't know what's going on. Caleb will be like, well, you know what? I have problems with Lima too. So therefore, this is what you should do because I had problems with him. So then because of Caleb's problems with Lima, now Caleb tells me his problems 
about Lima. And because I'm friends with Caleb, now we both have an, a, a common enemy in Lima now to make ourselves feel better. You threw the, the pot at my head. You, you threw it at my head. I was like, bro, what are you doing? <laughs> right? So we listened to the wrong influences. And then number four, and then I'll, I'll pass this on to you guys. We don't know how to have healthy disagreements. In the church, it is very, very, very possible to still be friends and have a healthy disagreement, right? And so if, if I say, or, you know, if Lima comes up and says, hey, Jordan, I want you to do this, and at that moment, I can't, I'll say, no, Lima, I'm sorry, I'd love to. Maybe I don't have the funds. Maybe I just don't have the time. I, I just can't right now, right? What happens is instead of Lima saying, okay, I get it, I respect that, Lima keeps going. Well, it would be easier on me if you could do this. Well, it'd be better for everybody else if you could do this. Well, wait, why don't you just respect that I just said no, <laughs> right? If you said no, hopefully I'll respect that. You see, we can have healthy disagreements. I think about, uh, remember when Paul, uh, you know, he had that dispute with John Mark, right? And he didn't know, look, take him, leave him, take him, leave him, right? And then later on, what does Paul say about John Mark? Let's use him. He's good for the service. Right. And so there's certain ways uh, that we can disagree and it can be healthy. So do you guys have anything before we uh, go on to our third one here? Yes. Good. All right. So the third one here. So we'll, 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 we'll pitch it here to you, Lima talking about, okay. So remember the first two points was uh, when emotions rule, there's always going to be division, right? We saw that from Cain and Abel. We saw that from the church at Corinth. We saw that from other examples. Then we went to uh, brethren will become enemies, right? Obviously, another example in Corinth. Then uh, Jacob and Esau, right? They became enemies, right? But then number three, this is where we want things to happen. Reconciliation is always possible. Reconciliation is always possible. And I'll pass it there uh, to you, Lima, for point number three. Yes. Uh, think about Philippians chapter two. Uh, why do we do anything, right? We have to check our motives. Uh, we kind of touched on it with, uh, with uh, Jacob and Esau. Uh, why did Jacob, you know, instead of just feeding his brother, uh, he, he had something, you know, in his mind. What's in it for me? Mm-hmm. <laughs> How can I benefit from this uh, situation? So he, in a sense, he, he was very selfish in what he did. And in Philippians 2, uh, verse 3, Paul says, Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Mm. Um, When we have, you know, unhealthy uh, discussions, it's because there's, you know, no one's taking the, the route that leads to, promoting the peace, right? That's right. Everybody's arguing, you know, <laughs> everybody's up there uh, in pride and, and everybody's out to defend themselves. So, so for reconciliation to happen, there has to be humility. There has to be love. There has to be godly sorrow on the part of the one who uh, has offended. Um, and that's oftentimes... It, People don't like to admit they were wrong. Yeah. You know, and, and 
and what are you going to do if they don't admit you're wrong? You're just going to keep going to them. It's like, hey, you better admit you were wrong. You better admit you were wrong. <laughs> no, no, no. Right? You, you try to work things out with them first, the first time, second time. You keep trying. Yeah. Um, but for, for you, for, for the one who is the offender, um, know how to apologize properly. That's an art form. Learn yeah. knowing how to apologize. Yeah. I'm sorry, but. Isn't that how it goes? But. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, but, you know, uh, once you say but, you just basically you just cancel it. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, and, you know, another passage that comes to mind in regards to uh, reconciliation is just be a Christian. Do what a Christian would do. Right? Do what a New Testament Christian would would do Ephesians 4 um, right there verse 20 through 32 I'd like to read this a little bit longer re reading but Ephesians 4 20 to 32 uh, Paul says but you have not so learned Christ if indeed you have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus that you put off concerning your formal conduct the old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lusts and be renewed in the spirit of your mind that you uh, put on the new man, which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. And then he tells us that, that, that we need to stop lying to each other. It's one of the, <laughs> sometimes people apologize, they lie in their apology. Uh, that's that's not the way the Christian does it. Paul says here, therefore, putting away lying, that each one of you speak truth with his neighbor. Right? For we are members one another. That person deserves to know the truth. Um, yes, you may be enemies, but be truthful towards one another. Right? Even if you don't disagree, be truthful about it. Right? Don't don't just nod your head and then. Like you agree with them and then mm -hmm. stab them in the back. Right. <laughs> Paul says, be angry. Do not sin. Uh, do not let the sun go down on your wrath, nor give place to the devil. Let him who steals, steal no longer. But rather let him labor, working with his hands what, uh, hands what is good, that he may have something to give to him who has need. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth. Oftentimes... Mm -hmm. When there's disagreement, uh, you know, <laughs> some people, they, they just don't have that level of self-control. So certain words are just going to go flying out of their yeah. mouths, uh, you know, when, 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 uh, when things, when we disagree. And, and, and on our part, those of us who do have self-control, knowing how you know, so-and-so is, uh, we should have provoked them to, to where mm. they're, they're now, you know, losing control of their words. Right. And, and sometimes, I don't know why, but sometimes people feel good about, um, about the fact when others, you know, are showing their weakness and all of a sudden you, you who are, you, you know, calm and cool, collected, all of a sudden you feel good. See, mm -hmm. you see? You see, I'm yeah. calm. He's losing it, and that's not the point. Right, that's where that pride comes in. Yeah, that's not the point. So, continuing on, Paul says, "Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, glamour, evil speaking, 
be put away mm. from you with all malice. And here's where reconciliation happens. Be kind. Right? Be yeah, kind to it. one another. Tender-hearted. Forgiving one another. Even as God in Christ forgave you. Uh, sometimes when, I, when I'm in uh, an unhealthy discussion, if you will, an unhealthy um, uh, disagreement or argument uh, with another person, sometimes it helps to think, um, what if I'm arguing with Jesus? How would this argument, <laughs> you know, um, how, how, would, how would Jesus respond in a situation like this? And we have to go back to the master teacher and, 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 uh, and, and walk in his footsteps. That's good. Uh, if we're going to, you know, uh, seek reconciliation, seek uh, peace uh, with one another. And Caleb, I'll pass it on to you. Yeah, I think we need to know, number one, that reconciliation, like you said, is possible. Um, it, it is always possible. It doesn't matter what has happened. You think about the relationship that we have with our God and the fact that we as, as sinful creatures, um, before we became Christians, you know, Jesus sent his, or God sent his son Jesus down the cross for our sins. Obviously, reconciliation is possible on any level. So we need to know, number one, reconciliation is possible. And the second thing that we need to know is that oftentimes we, we just have in our minds that they must think this about us or in that we think this about them. And surely this is what they've been saying about us. Here's what I've been saying about them. And we let the gossip and the, the, the things that we think just kind of fester among ourselves to where the, the, the air between us is so murky and dirty. You can't tell what's really what go talk to them. That's the biggest thing. Go talk to them, figure yeah. out what's going on and see how you can fix the problem. Just hear them out. And I think so often we think we know what's going on, but really maybe there wasn't that, maybe it wasn't that big of a deal. Maybe they've moved on already and you just, you're, you're the one holding on to it now. You know, it could be something like that. So I think we need to know that we need to go talk to them. And then the third thing is um, it's not always about us. And we've talked about this, you know, time and time again, pride keeps creeping back up into the discussion. Um, it's not always about us in the sense that we just, I think so often we think that, oh, I just, I just can't be wrong. There's no way I could have done anything right. horrible. You know, I go back to the book of Amos and I think about the children of Israel. Look at all these, look at Uzzah, or not Uzzah, but look at, look at Tyre and Sidon and the Philistia, all these other nations who have done horrible, terrible, evil, wicked things. God, you go punish them but certainly not us. Certainly we haven't done anything wrong at all. And that's why God sent Amos to them. Look, you're, you're going to destroy yourselves because of your own attitude. Um, it, fixing and building that relationship will truly be the best for you. So if you really want what's best for you anyway, then go fix that relationship. Go do what you have to do to reconcile with that individual um, because it will help both sides. The relationship will be healthier. The spiritual aspect to that relationship will be healthier. You'll be able to have that unity and that fellowship with one another. The air will be clear. You can have a good relationship. You can help each other grow stronger in the faith and eventually get to heaven. And so I think that's just, it's so important to, to keep that in mind. And also, you know, if you, if you are right, on the slim chance that you are still right, <laughs> the slim don't chance. worry. Don't glory in other people's tribulations. Don't glory in the fact mm-hmm. that I'm talking this for. Don't don't glory in the fact that you're actually right. Okay, it doesn't really matter. Most of these things, who 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 cares? Nobody could care less. You know, anybody could care less. So don't glory in the fact that you're right and they're wrong because then that automatically puts you in the wrong too. Yeah. So we need to make sure that we have a humble attitude about it. Okay, so I got a couple things here too. I'm, you see me taking notes here, so I'm I'm taking notes for classes and sermons and stuff. So appreciate y'all boys. Um, but when it, when you mentioned Caleb, 
that they must think about us or, or this is the way that they think about us. Right. Yeah. So this is how I view them. Right. I think about, again, I think about Jacob and Esau 30 years later. Right. So after Jacob goes to Laban's, right. He hadn't seen, he hadn't seen his brother in 30 years. And so if, if you go to Genesis uh, chapter 32, uh, everyone turn your Bibles there with us there. Genesis 32, again, Caleb, he gets caught in playing the, playing the what if game. Now he knows that Esau's coming and he knows that Esau's got 400. So he's rolling 400 deep. And the last time you saw this guy, he wanted to kill you. So what is Jacob supposed to think? Oh man, I stole this birthright. I sold him. I gave him beans and he gave me this. I know he remembers that, and he's, it's not just him anymore. He's probably got 400 dudes that look like him. Like, so, so this is going through Jacob's mind. So if you look at Genesis 32, 17, notice he starts playing this game. And so uh, notice what he says. Actually, jump up to verse 11 quickly. Deliver me, I pray thee, from the hand of my brother, from the hand of Esau. Then what does he think? For I fear him lest he will come and smite me and the mother with my children. Then jump down to verse 17, and he commanded the foremost saying, so he had his company with him. And so this is what Jacob says. All right, so if Esau, my brother, meets you, and he asks you, who are you? Then, and where do you go? And who goes before you? This is what you're going to say. So you're going to say, I'm your servant Jacob's. It's a present unto my Lord Esau, and behold, he is behind us. So Jacob had this whole thing planned out. All right, if he says this, y'all go over here, and I'll be behind you. If he says this, y'all go over here. So he already had this thing in his mind of what he wanted. But then what happens in Genesis 33, 4? And Esau ran to meet Jacob, and what did he do? He embraced him, and he kissed him. The exact opposite reaction of what Jacob thought. So we play this giant situation out in our minds, man. What do they think? What, what's going to happen? Like you said, just go. You never know what's going to happen. Just go to them. And then the, the last thing I have here is love must rule in good times, and love must rule also when things are tough. Like, Lima, you said you were in a unhealthy uh, discussion, I guess we'll call it. But, you know, I saw this, um, I saw this movie a long time ago where this couple – the the parents of the daughter didn't like the dude and so the dude came to the to the girl he was dating it's like look man your parents don't like me your dad he hates me because i'm in the military and he says all military dudes are bad and so he was a genuinely good dude and so she, he's like man I'm, I'm tired of it i'm gonna give him a dose of his own medicine but then he goes to talk to the preacher and the preacher says he said well what should i do and he said love is kind love is gentle Love is patient. Love is, love is long-suffering. It bears. So even if Lima hates my guts, guess what I'm still going to be to Lima? Just because Lima's acting a fool doesn't mean I act a fool to Lima. Right. I love Lima whether he loves me or whether he hates me. You see, we think, well, because Caleb and I are friends, I love Caleb because he loves me. Well, what if Caleb's parents didn't like me? Then now what do I do? I still love Caleb and I still love his parents that hate me. Why? Because I love them. And then ultimately I do it because that's what God said. First Corinthians 13. 
And so that's why Paul said, I could do all this great stuff, but if I don't have love, I'm nothing. And so most of these disagreements that we've talked about today, it happens because we're not willing to exemplify and show love when they love us, but also to show love when they hate us. If we're consistent, like God is consistent, we'd have less fights. You know, here's the last thing, and I'll pass it to you guys for some closing remarks. Um, I heard a preacher say, this is how we can test our love. You think about every morning, there's what, 7 billion people here on earth. So many of those people wake up in the morning and hate the Lord. So many people get up in the morning and don't know him. So many people wake up and, and curse his name, say he doesn't exist, say he's not real. But when it rains, does he rain on just Christians or everybody? When the sun shines, it's for everybody. The conditions so that we can live here, it's for everybody. So if God can be consistent, and if we can be consistent, then things will start changing, right? So you guys have any closing things before we uh, get ready to close here? Yeah, um, I just want to add to what you just said and, and close with what uh, Jesus said in, in uh, Matthew 5, in beginning in verse 43. He says, you have heard that it was say, you shall love your neighbor, hate your enemy. Mm. And Jesus said, but I say to you, love your enemies. Bless those who curse you. Do good to those who hate you. Pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you, that you may be sons of your mm -hmm. father. And you mentioned because he makes the sun and the rainfall on everybody. So, yeah, so, so yeah we definitely... Um, need to realize when we're in a situation where, where there's disagreement, where there's arguments, uh, we have control over ourselves. And this is one thing we, we have control. How are we going to respond? What will be my attitude uh, towards any situation? If it's disagreement with my, my own brethren, how will I respond? So, so, and, and, and for the listeners, you respond with love. Yeah. <laughs> you respond with love. Jesus said right here, what good is if you love those who love you? Mm. Um, you know, you, you have a disagreement with a church member and then Sunday you don't talk to them? <laughs> uh, no, Sunday you still talk to them. And you're, still, singing, still and you're singing in the auditorium, uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, how I love Jesus, yeah. when you hate the person yeah. sitting across from you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's... it's, it's uh, the devil is, is, is crafty. He's uh, good. And, and, and uh, we, we have to up our game. Caleb? Yeah, you know, you entitled this podcast, uh, What Happens When Brethren Fight. Um, I, think, I think we could just say that, to, that in all honesty, um, whatever it is that you're fighting about, whatever the argument is, it's really not worth it, is it? It's mm -hmm. not worth it you know, splitting up brethren. It's not worth splitting up the church. It's not worth destroying and crippling the church that Jesus bought with his own blood. When we think about the fact of the, that Jesus died for us, he died for us to, to have a home in heaven, to be able to be a part of the church. And yet so often, what are we doing? We're bickering. We're arguing about this and that and the other, all in the things that really don't matter. And we have this, this idea that Jesus died for us looming over us. And a lot of times we just put that to vain 
because of the way that we act in this life. Yeah, you know, Jesus you. prayed for unity in John chapter 17. Let's make sure that we're being the answer to that prayer and that we are striving for unity and that we are trying to fulfill what Jesus would have us fulfill while we're here on this earth and that we're not being a part of the problem, that we're not being a part of the ones who are going to fight and try to, you know, even in our own minds, we probably don't think that we're hurting the church. We probably think, yeah, whatever, it doesn't matter. But in all honesty, it does because when we fight with one person, we are, you know, in a sense, crippling that person and, and, and possibly in their faith in God. And we need to make sure that we're being the ones building them up and striving to be all that we can be and helping other people be all that they can be. Um, instead of fighting with 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 brethren when it really truthfully doesn't even matter. Yeah, and and I'll close with this, guys. You know, we, like you mentioned, Caleb, we have we have a bigger fight in this world to fight. Right. And um, we don't need to be fighting at home. You know what I mean? I, you know, I heard someone tell me, Jordan, before before you marry somebody, he said, make sure that when you come home you know that you're not coming to a battlefield, that you're coming home to peace. And so you think about Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Wednesday morning, you think about all the members that, um, you know, that have to go to work, that have to, you know, literally just always be out in the world. I mean, we do too, but they're, they're really out there as well. And then they come here on Sunday and Wednesday where there's supposed to be peace and there's another battlefield. So you got to fight two battles. You know, so let's make sure that, like you mentioned before, that the church is a place of reconciliation and a place of peace, what it's actually supposed to be. You know, just like Jesus said, blessed are the peacemakers, right? So I appreciate you guys uh, being on the podcast. Again, you can find us on uh, on Facebook, on, uh, on Instagram. Again, if you have any questions, you know, you can DM me of uh, my material um, also, uh, Caleb as well. Can you tell them somewhere that they can, uh, they can ask you questions if they have any, and then Lima, uh, you can say the same thing as well. Yeah. You can find me on Facebook. Uh, my name's Caleb Brotherford. You can also look me up on Instagram. Um, I actually don't know what my Instagram handle is. You can find me, it's, it's my name on Instagram. Um, and you can also find me on Twitter if you want to. And you can look up um, our, my, uh, my podcast social media pages. And I'll be happy to reach out to you there as well. Um, help you with whatever questions you have. You can uh, find my information on the Honolulu uh, Church of Christ uh, website. You just Google Honolulu Church of Christ and, and you'll see all my info there. Or you can also find me on Facebook. You just look for Aloha Bible Readers um, and you'll see me on there. Um, I want to give you my full name because it's, 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 it's a mouthful. So, <laughs> it, it, yeah, so Lima is the go-to name. <laughs> yeah, we all just stick with Lima. That works for me. <laughs> yeah. I appreciate you guys being on. Thank you guys for listening, and we'll see you all with another guest. Lord willing, next week. Thank you, guys.